dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Father Michael. Today's episode is Mother Natalia's, and she is incredibly ill, and we are together. So we did a short one, as you may have noticed if you looked at the time clock on this one. But uh, Mother had two... uh, experiences recently that she wanted to reflect upon on this podcast. Um, one, a letter that she received from someone who helps out the monastery, and we reflect upon his wisdom and his insights, and then also from a young woman um, who is giving great witness in the world as she goes out and uses the gifts God has given her for the betterment of our society and uh, and the souls involved and, and all of us who listen. And let her tell you who she shared all this with. Um, if you are a hashtag banter hater, go ahead and skip ahead about three minutes and 45 seconds or exactly that, if you will, from the end of this recording. And uh, either way, I forget when it was, but this is the, I'm, I'm putting notches in my belt. This is the second podcast in a row that Mother has authentically laughed at my jokes. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. High five. Uh, you just got my Jeremy hands again. Oh, that's okay. Well, you just watched him. That's true. Um, no germs. <laughs> <laughs> Father Michael just pretended to lick his hand. It was weird. Uh, so do you know what I was thinking about this morning? I don't know what made me think about this, but I tried on someone's shoes the other day and they fit perfectly. You have small feet. Oh, well, you won't be surprised in a moment because it was a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Yes. Um, I do have really small feet. <laughs> you do. And they're not like, I mean, I'm sh- I'm short, so they're not like mm-hmm. freakishly small. Oh. <laughs> it's just... Uh, appropriate for your shortness. Yeah, but I realized it's also appropriate because I also have the sense of humor of a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old boy. Uh, maybe 12-year-old. And <laughs> when we were in spiritual direction last night uh i giggled because father michael said something about i do do that and i giggled because he said do do <laughs> and i was like i do have the sense of humor of a 10 year old boy so that's the whole story no it's and th- there this happened recently when i was i was rock climbing with two seminarians and maddie and we were at the gym, and as I was kneeling down, putting my shoes on, my climbing shoes, I looked over, and someone's walking up next to me, and I'm like, someone else has little feet like me. <laughs> and then I looked up, and again, <laughs> it was a child. <laughs> so Maybe it's like Pinocchio, as you, as your humor matures, your feet will grow bigger. <laughs> Maybe. So just keep measuring your feet, and then you'll you'll be telling more more mature and yet boring jokes. <laughs> because when humor matures, it gets more boring. <laughs> well, whatever. I I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about that. I'm still sick because we recorded our last episode ten minutes ago. Yep. <laughs> and but this time I have a cough drop, and I'm hoping that's helpful. Except it might not be because it might just make it hard to speak. I was going to say, you're, you're sniffling. You shove the cough drop over your nose. How is, that, <laughs> how is that supposed to help with the sniffles? I don't, well, yeah, that's it's true. I wasn't coughing cough very much. Yeah. 
That's a really good point. So I'm sorry that I'm sniffly, and I'm sorry if it grosses some of you out, but at least you're not in the room with me like Father Michael is. Poor Father Michael. I'm fine. I'll survive. But you might not. Just say that say that you got me sick because I love Jesus. That way you can be a martyr. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Well, because I'm sick, and this is my episode, and I'm really tired, and I just want to go to bed. But I'm not going to bed because we're going to go pray Vespers with the bishop-elect, who, when you're hearing this, has been a long-time bishop of like <laughs> a month. Uh, but so I'm going to keep this episode really short. And I don't have much on my heart that I want to share. So I'm going to share two things that I read recently that were really beautiful. And I don't necessarily have much to add about them, but probably Father Michael will because he's great at the color commentary. And then we're going to say goodnight at 4.16 p.m. (laughs) Well, that was a really loud sniff, sorry. (laughs) So... The first thing I wanted to share is we have at our monastery, we started this just a couple of months ago, we started a St. Joseph crew at our monastery because uh, we're women and we're not great at handy things, which is not a statement about women. It is, though. (laughs) But I know some of our listeners are going to be offended by that. I'm actually fine at handy things, but mostly we just don't... You guys are actually pretty good at that. Yeah, like I one time had to change a tire while a bunch of men watched me because they didn't know how to do it. Uh, So we're capable, but sometimes things just you require strength or knowledge that we could acquire, but time and all of the things. And so we basically put out a plea. I do remember actually several years ago, I it was my week to shovel the snow. And I we had had like three blizzards in a row that week. And I like snuggling show. I'm like, oh, my brain. I like shoveling snow, but it had just felt like that's all I had done all week was shovel snow. And I was really tired and my back hurt and there was so much snow. And so when the third blizzard came through, I took a picture and I sent it to my friend, Father Travis, who at the time was Semchav. And I said to him, uh, all in all, Jesus is a good hubby, but he could step it up a bit in the snow shoveling department. And then, less than 10 minutes later, our snowplow shows up, as usual, but for the first time ever, the snowplow, the driver gets out and just starts shoveling our sidewalks. Wow. And so my motto became, wine and you shall receive. <laughs> and... Uh, Anyways, so similarly, so this St. Joseph crew, we reached out to uh, originally four, but now like seven men that we know who I think are all, yeah, they're all married men. Uh, One is my daddy and um, one's a retired fire chief and one is... Uh, we didn't realize, think of this when we asked him, but one's an electrician, which is really convenient. One's a plumber. And these are men 
that we know, like their families really love our monastery and they really love our monastery and they want to help us. And we figured maybe we could just have a running list on Google Drive of the stuff that needs done around the monastery that we don't know how to do, like install a dimmer switch. And and then they can, oh, I'm glad I'm not going to use this mic for a while because I just spit on it and I'm sick. Um, and we can keep this running list. And then when these guys like, maybe once a month, once every other month, if they have a few hours on a Saturday or whatever, they can come out and just work on the list. And the men were really thrilled to do this for us. And obviously with their wives' supports, support. And, uh, but one of the men replied with something that I thought was very beautiful and it moved me deeply and that's what I wanted to share. So nice. I the email that we sent to them like describing why we need this, we said we nuns are trying to come up with a strategy to help us solve some of our household problems when we have no manpower or skills. This is the drawback to having a spouse that has ascended bodily into heaven. <laughs> so Then there was the whole description of whatever. But one of the guys responded and said, I honestly laughed out loud when I read this. This is the drawback to having a spouse that has ascended bodily into heaven. It made me laugh and then immediately struck me in the heart in a serious way because of how it frames any work we might do around the monastery and really any work I do in general, just becoming a body for Christ to work through. Lord have mercy for the times that I forget this. And I was so moved by that, that he's saying like, Christ is ascended bodily in heaven, which means he's even put this like limitation or he's allowed this limitation on the work that he does on earth to depend on human cooperation, on the cooperation of those of us who are here on earth. And... So this man is saying like Jesus who has ascended bodily into heaven is allowing to use my body to serve his brides. And that's beautiful. And I think a prime example of this is the Eucharist, right? Like the Eucharist does not happen without a priest and God who is all powerful could have (laughs) done something else, Mm -hmm. right? Like, God sent down manna from heaven in the Old Testament and he could have done something else for the Eucharist such that it's created and exists only through the power of God with no cooperation of humans, but he allows us the gift of cooperating and, and works through us and uses us as vessels um, and requires our, Ascent to do that and all of these things. And I just thought it was like really beautiful that this man, first of all, that he recognized that this is what he's doing when he's doing work for brides of Christ in a very real way. But then when he said, really any work I do in general yeah. and, and Lord have mercy for the times that I forget this, like in our encounters with one another, are we actually allowing the Lord to use us as a conduit 
in our acts of service, in our words of encouragement, in our listening ear, in our gaze, in all of these things, are we being a conduit? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much what I had to say about that. And the first thing I thought of was a mom. Because, of course, Jesus, God uses the woman's body uh-huh. and her will and her, her, her health that she has to maintain because she has a second child, a child, and her womb depended upon her. And, and, and you know, it, it's a beautiful, she becomes the, the incarnation of, of God in, in her, uh, <laughs> in her, in, in a way. I'm not being heretical here, but she, she becomes. I was laughing only because the emphasis you put on incarnation made me think of <laughs> incarnation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what incarnation? <laughs> she, in a sense, l- <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I didn't know. I hope this it's not a, a like slur or something. I don't know what it means. But um, I doubt it because I think it's in Looney Tunes. Um, oh. But it makes me think of uh, uh, Timbuktu. I don't know. That was a real place. Yeah. Until the uh, ISIS destroyed it. Um, I was like, oh, that was a real thing. Sorry, that was cowboy. Um, so a woman's body. A woman's body. Yeah. It, 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 God uses her body. I, that's a horrible word to use. He he does though. I mean, it's God but, works through her body. God works through her body. His action is is through her body to 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 bring another life into this world. Um, I was, you know, I was think. Sorry, no. I was thinking of that when we did the episode for Seek, which maybe has come out by this point. I don't remember if that needed pushed back or whatever. But the we did the episode on for Seek on being the light, and we talked about how the what I'm about to say is super cheesy, but I think it's really, anyways, uh, and how we talked about in the East there's this something that we see in a lot of our saints is this illumination where they're literally mm. glowing mm-hmm. um, when they've like reached certain levels of sanctity or whatever. And similar to how Moses's face shone when he came down the mountain, down off of Mount Sinai after uh, speaking with God. And as we were talking about that, I was like, thinking about how there's this glow that pregnant women have. Mm. And it's very real, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I've I've definitely known that certain women were pregnant before they were showing and before they said anything because of a glow. Mm. And I'm like, there's something really beautiful there of this person is carrying life within them. They're carrying... Um, like they're co-creators with God and there's just this glory that's shining forth from that. I think there's probably some biological reason for that, like some, some sort of thing of like, that's how our bodies are women so that we're more like, there's something attractive there that once, protected when a woman's pregnant in order to preserve life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, like an evolutionary sort of, yeah. yeah. Helpful. In a, yeah. Biological I was trying way. to not use the word evolutionary because yeah. that's not what I, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> I think we all understand what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I, I was, I, I, I thought of something because that's why I'm have my phone out and looking this up. I don't, we, we've lo- kind of lost. We weren't just bored by yeah. looking and texting. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Um, we, we've kind of, you and I have, or at least I have slacked in my, 
letting the media team know when we're on other media things. Oh, so, I haven't done it a single time. I haven't either. It's been I a while. totally forgot. So uh, if you're listening to this um, media team, Beth, etc., uh, I was on a, a, a video with Chris Stefanik, and as I look it up, it's called Nobody Wants to Talk About This. Um, it was posted on two weeks ago now. I wish it had the date. So that would have been end of October, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, end of October, beginning of November, and it was posted. Anyway, we talked about death and the 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 video. As I look on YouTube, the subject is "Living Without Fear of Death," but it's um it's on uh Chris Stefanik's um YouTube channel. Anyway, we we filmed it in in my old parish at Holy Protection in Denver. It was great. Um, but we tied. I talked about that there about that that glow, and it was. I'm I, I'm saying this because there was a girl who, if you scroll through the comments. Um, she she had that experience with her mother, and she's Roma cat the girl. But she, mm. her mother, um, right as she was dying, the whole room filled with light. Whoa! And then she says, on the, as she tells the story on the YouTube comments, she literally like felt like a little like peck on her cheek, like her mother gave oh. her a kiss, and then like the light kind of slowly faded out of the room. Oh. And she says it was like the most powerful moment of like God giving her this great gift of That's like see at this moment of her, her mother's death. Yeah. Um, so there was there was a similar similar light used in that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that there is something. It, it even is a, it's even a encouragement and even a command, a mandate um, to to really strive to be healthy. And I can say this because you know you know how I eat. Um, I, I I do not observe I do not observe that that commandment. But our our bodies are made by God. You know they they can certainly affect our our physical health and the way that we're able to serve, the way that we're able to be Christ in the world. That's 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 very obvious. I think with a with a mother because you know she has to um, generally slow down on the drinking and the smoking, if not quit altogether. Um, you know she has to kind of you know certainly maintain a certain a certain health at the service of her child, um, and and a priest has to do that too. You know we have to. My gosh, I, 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 I can retire seventy five, which is I think ten years more than most people, at least in the United States. I'm allowed to retire at seventy five, um, but kind of that's that would it would be really nice to be able to serve in in to keep my brain and my body healthy enough to be able to serve as a pastor at seventy five years old, yeah. and then I want to go off to a monastery and die there. But but it, but there there is a certain mandate that that Christ is using our bodies in this world, especially mothers and priests. But as this guy said, everybody, you yeah. know, there, there's a there's a, a service that these men have to you and the you guys in the monastery, and that that every single action we do can become the action of Christ. Every word we say with our voice, every every response we make after hearing with our ears, every action we make with our body that can be creative and true and beautiful and good. Anytime we do those things, it's it's Christ and us working together, and we yeah. actually become the the incarnation, if you will, of, of Christ, who's now ascended into heaven. And it's why it's important to take care of our bodies, you know, um, and to uh, because they've been entrusted yeah. <laughs> to yeah. us, and and not to be cliche, but they're temples of the Holy Spirit, yeah. which reminds me always of Saint Paul, but also Flannery O'Connor, and mm-hmm. to. Yeah, to just remember, like, when we're not taking medicine that we should be, or when we're not um, eating the things that we should be. I don't mean that you can't, like, 
eat junk food sometimes, but that if that's all you eat, like if you're, if you're harming your body, it's a disservice to the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, did you make the Flannery O'Connor because of Parker's back, the story or what? Um, no, there's oh. a, one of her stories about, uh, it's school girls, a ah. temple of the Holy Spirit. I think oh, it okay. might even be called temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't remember what it's called. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Um, Okay, can I share the other one? Absolutely. And then we're just going to just wrap up real short. So, oh, nope, that's not where I wanted. I was reading this morning from St. Theodorus, the great ascetic. I have no idea if that's how you say his name. It's, it's the great ascetic. <laughs> that was a quite a sincere laugh. I appreciate that. It was sincere. <laughs> Did you say it wasn't? No, I, no, I, I appreciate it. It was. Oh. Okay, so the... Oh, I should have looked up the definition of this word. I could do it. What is it? What do you... Ranker. Ranker? Like, is it just That's the same like, as anger? Or um, is there a little bit of a difference? Yeah, it's similar. R-A-N-C-O-U-R. It's, it's similar. Okay. Can you give us the actual definition? The definition of ranker, according to dictionary, Oxford languages learn more. Just kidding. Whatever, whatever it says on my phone. Um, okay, you did not laugh at that at all. Okay, no. <laughs> bitterness or resentfulness, especially when long-standing. Okay, so that works even better than when I thought it was just anger. So uh, Saint Theodorus says, "If you love Christ, you must keep the passion of rancor far from your soul. The bitterness, the resentment, especially when long-standing, keep that far from your soul." You should on no account yield to feelings of hostility. Rancor lurking in the heart is like fire hidden in the stalks of dry flax. Rather, you should pray fervently for anyone who has grieved you, and you should help him if you have the means. By this action, your soul will be delivered from death, as in Tobit 410, and nothing will hinder your communion with God when you pray. And then he also says, Do not let anger and wrath make their home in you, for an angry man is not dignified. That's from Proverbs 11.25. Whereas wisdom dwells in the hearts of the gentle. If the passion of anger dominates your soul, those who live in the world will prove to be better than you, and you will be put to shame as unworthy of monastic solitude. So the reason that these struck me is because I was just having a conversation with someone recently about, he was asking for advice on like how to evangelize to his friends who aren't Catholic and how to share with them the truths of the Catholic church. And uh, in some ways he was asking basically like, how do I convince them? Right? Like how do I be an apologist is basically what he was asking. And I talked about just the importance of witness and of living the truth, you know, like the ecos from Thursday matins. I think it's Thursday matins. The, um, if I speak, but do not act as I speak, I shall be but a clinging symbol, which is St. Paul. I don't know. It's something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. My headphones went out for a second. Did you ask a question? (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, and I was talking to him about that, about personal witness, about living the things to 
the best of his ability because we're all hypocrites in the sense of none of us can live perfectly what we believe to be the truth because we're broken and sinful. But to the best of his ability, living those truths out and witnessing to the joy that those bring by living those truths. But then I also, instead of just telling him what to do, there was something that I really discouraged him from doing, which I don't, I don't even know if he was doing this, but it's just something that I see as really prevalent in our, in some of the Catholic circles today is I was like, you really should avoid the like social media and the things like that, that are just inflaming your anger. Because I've seen this in a lot of people who, and the reason I can see this is because it's something that's a huge tendency of mine. And it's something that I'm susceptible to. And I just have to like avoid these altogether. There are, we can listen to certain things or read certain things or watch certain things. And all they're doing, like they're getting us fired up about these things that are good and true but then they're getting us fired up in such a way that we can't actually speak to our brothers and sisters with charity. (laughs) And if we're not speaking to them with charity, then they're not going to be able to receive these things that we're saying. And we're probably actually doing more harm than good. (laughs) And, you know, I, I was sharing with you, Father Michael, that, uh, one of my spiritual daughters is a, and she's shared this outside of the context of spiritual direction. I'm not just like breaking confidences here, but she is uh, a door knocker for um, one of the issues that we just voted on today uh, regarding especially abortion and allowing full-term abortions in Ohio. And she's she's just like one of the most meek and gentle souls that I know. <laughs> and she's so, and, and she's just very sweet, very timid and, um, deeply beautiful. She has no idea how beautiful she is. And in going door to door, she's basically telling people like, even if they're voting the way that she isn't encouraging them to, like if, if they share what they plan to vote, um, she's encountering them there and she's just saying like, Oh, okay. Do do you mind if I just make sure that like, can I just share with you the facts about the issue? Um, and that's all she's doing. You know, she's sharing the facts because a lot of people like didn't understand when she was talking to them, didn't understand that if the issue passed, it meant full term abortions all the way up to 40 weeks, you know, and, or didn't understand particular parts of the issue and they only knew certain parts and whatever. So she's just wanting to, she was making sure that people were fully informed in their voting. And then um, I thought you were just reaching out to take my dirty tissue. I was like, that's disgusting. I mean, it's a dad moment, but that's disgusting. And, uh, but what I'm, but what I'm so moved by with her and the reason I think it's so important that she in particular has been doing this is that, even the people who were going to vote for full-term abortion before she came to their door and chose after she came to their door to still vote that way, they've at least encountered someone on quote unquote, the other side, who's not what they think is an angry bigot, you know, like someone who's actually not just, inflamed with anger and yelling at them and trying to get into this fight with them. Like it's someone who is actually listening to them, disagreeing with them while still loving them 
And, and that's just so much more powerful than like screaming in someone's face, you know? And I, I gave a talk to married couples about a week ago and it was just, it was so beautiful to be with them. They were so receptive and they were crying and I was crying and just beautiful. But one of the things I said to them was, I want you to think back, really try to think to the last time you felt like your heart was being softened while you were being yelled at. Mm. Because that just doesn't happen, yeah. right? And like <laughs> in Ezekiel, the Lord talks about taking out the heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh. And um, and we're just not, we're not moving hearts at least in a positive direction <laughs> um, by just yelling at people and just by getting angry and just expressing our anger. And um, so I don't know. I just was, I was thinking that that's something we need to be cautious of. Like if something is moving us to anger and the anger is going to move us to an action, like voting a particular way on a bill um, or on an issue, then that's one thing. But if but if the anger is leading us to um, be degrading towards a brother or sister or unseeing of a brother or sister, um, then that anger is not fruitful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is interesting because I'm trying to think of the times you mentioned that to me when we were driving together today. And I was, I was then started to think through then why do we do it? Like why was so many, I mean, I was just, today I walked down and I got a coffee and there was there was a grandma in there who was just yelling at her granddaughter. And I, I remember thinking, as she's yelling at her, I just thought, if I, if I just, if somebody just walked up to you and said, like, what does this accomplish? Like, what, 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 what's, what's this accomplishing? And I think she would say, well, my granddaughter does what I want her to do. She behaves a certain way. Um, well, then, then you want a robot, you know. You you want you want something without emotions or feelings or a future. You you want something you can control. But okay, we all do it because we do it out of anger, out of frustration, out of, out of passions. Um, but it it is an interesting an interesting thing to say. You know, do I have that gentleness? Some one thing I I decided to do actually after after a very convicting talk you and I had last night. Um, I decided to change my notifications on my phone so I only got notifications from uh, email and not from anything else so that because what I realized is that or from my phone of course but when I realized when I pick up my phone oh that's like what this, I thought you meant I was like what like not no, text phone, messages no, no, <laughs> like, oh, okay. like not from other apps like hey you haven't been on Marco Polo oh, in a while you I know see. things like yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that so whenever I when I pick up my phone to look at the time I just go oh look and it's all communication. And it's all it's all things I need to now. react to, yeah. right? So so when I when I limited it now, if I pick up my phone, I know the only like if it's blank like that, like I'm showing mother, like if it's blank, that I mean that that just means because I just cleared it. But but if it's blank, that means I literally got no emails or phone calls that I need to answer or text I need to answer it quickly. And then I should probably just take take off text too, but I, I want to be a little more aware of those. But like there, there's it's if I um, if I, I think you need to keep text on there. If I yeah. open it up and I and I look at it, I will literally just set it back down again. Yeah. And I thought that that's how it should be. That that is using the phone as a yeah. tool rather than it using me. Yeah. And, and and the same thing is true for um for like news and things like that. Uh, I I love all these new advertisements on Instagram. It says instead of instead of doom scrolling, like do brain 
exercises or whatever. Basically, it's saying you if if you're literally if you find this on Instagram, we know you don't want really want to be scrolling through Instagram. Like yeah. you hate you kind of hate doing this. You don't want to be doing this. So we're actually going to use that use your doom scrolling mm-hmm. to to advertise what you could be doing instead. And yeah. it's it's brilliant in a way, but that that's how it is with 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 rancor. I mean, we we I think sometimes we feel home in that anger or, or like, you know, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention, those old bumper stickers, you're like, "No, stop." Like, you know, that's not how you should be. Yeah. Um and and do you really think that you can make an impact by being angry? You know, when you're angry, you're angry and it's it's like you said that that's really a brilliant thought. When's the last time you were you were changed for the better yeah. while being yelled at? What when's the last time you were convinced of something while being yelled at? Maybe someone angry at something else you could like look at their passion about that, but when they were yelling at you, you know, when's the last time that 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 actually was helpful in some way? It's a it's really something convicting to think about. Yeah. Well, and it uh yeah, it, it came to me in prayer as I was preparing for the talk. But and we've all had the experience of the the people who um, I honestly, I could just do a whole podcast episode on that talk I gave because it really was just oh my gosh, the people there were amazing and but the like some of them came up to me afterwards and and were like we're gonna go home and apologize to our children wow. like we know that yeah it was just really amazing but the like we've all had the experience of the person in our life who we've never been afraid of, but that we deeply respect and who who we admire. And we've had a moment of disappointing them. Mm. And that has a much more profound and long lasting impact than someone getting angry at us. You know, like the, like the love has just such a greater power to transform and to convict than anger does because anger just shoots up our defenses and yeah now you you may not be ready to answer this um but what do you what do you say to a mom who obviously doesn't want to yell at their kid as you said, all these people, they went home, they apologized. They don't want to, and they, they probably even know it, but is there any practical advice on on when you have a human being who <laughs> is not mature enough right. to, to, to do what is helpful and what is mature, and the kid just annoys you to no end. Sorry, parents, you know this is actually the case, right? They they annoy you to no end, and they, they don't grow as quickly as you'd like, and they, they, they demand things of you, and they... Anyway, and they they point out your own shame, and you have, you anyway that all these yeah. things that kids do. Do you have any practical advice or what these people told you where you told them um, if you don't want to be angry, but you find yourself doing that because of the situation? Yeah. Um, well, I'll say a couple of quick things, and then we need to wrap up, unfortunately. But um, one is that I will answer that. But one thing that I want to say before I forget is that. I was prepared for, like in my talk, I was like, and you might be thinking, well, what about righteous anger? And so I did address that as well. Um, But mostly I addressed that by talking about what Cashin says about anger. So if you're interested in that, I would listen to the episode that we did on the eight evil thoughts, um, whichever of the two part series was, has anger in it. Um, Because I do talk about that because basically Cashin is just like, that's cute. You think you're capable of righteous anger. Uh, 
Hmm. And you're not Jesus, basically, is what he says. <laughs> but, but going back to that, the practical is something that I really encouraged the parents in is don't be afraid to apologize to your children and to acknowledge when you've treated them in ways that you shouldn't have treated them. Because I think that can be a great example of Romans 8, God using all for good for those who love him. Um, He can use your brokenness or your sin or whatever it is in this instance. Um, I would say it's sin, but in this instance uh, of expressing anger, he can use that by, if you apologize for it, you're now teaching them also how to repent when you've wronged someone. And and that repentance can build relationship. And I don't mean be overly transparent with your children and tell them all of the things that are happening in your interior when you're yelling at them, because in fact, that can be very harmful. And your kids shouldn't have to know all of the things that are happening in your mind when you're like, yeah. but I just mean the the example I gave was when I was a teacher in an inner city school, and kids were cussing me out every day and like trying to flip desks at me and whatever. Um, rough kids is the point coming from really rough home lives. And when I, there were times that I would snap at a student because I was tired or because I hadn't had my coffee yet or because I was fighting with a friend or fighting with my boyfriend or whatever. And so I take it out on them and I snap at them. And I got into the practice of, I would either ask them to stay after class or I would just pull them out into the hall right then and say, you didn't deserve for me to speak to you that way. And I want to ask your forgiveness. And the kids were shocked by this. Um, Most of them probably had never had an adult in their life ask for their forgiveness. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to witness too. And then those same kids, as the school year went on, started coming to me after class and saying, Miss, I'm sorry I spoke like that to you during class. Like those same kids started to mirror that, that example. And so I think like that's one thing is if you, if you take this as an opportunity to teach them what it is to own up to your mistakes, then that can be really fruitful. Um, and, and advice that I gave to um, one of my spiritual children at some point a while back, um, she was trying to work on a particular um, like habitual way of speaking that was at this point, because it's habitual, it's just instinctive. Like she just immediately says it before realizing what she's saying. And then um, I was like, well, the first step is that you're realizing now that you're doing this. And years ago, you didn't even realize you were doing that. So that's already a step. So if we work to just realize it, see that you've done it quicker and quicker after you've done it, then, and like that, quickness happens just by recognizing it more frequently. Like you just start to recognize it more quickly. And then as that response time shortens, we eventually can get to the place (laughs) that the response time is you realize it before it's coming out of your mouth and then you can stop it. And that seemed to be really fruitful for her. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think, and I think it's it's always good 100% of the time to err on the side of that. But I do think there is some 
nuance there because it is important to, especially with maybe kids with certain personalities, especially when they're young, like two, three, four, that there, there, there is a, you have to show an objective authority mm-hmm. that if the kid, and I've seen this in young children, like if they're a manipulator, they will use that against you. And again, I shouldn't have said kids because adults do that too, of course, all the time. Um, but and, and at that point, there, but there, there does need to be wisdom when you, you generally, as I understand it, when Miss Pauline, if you're listening to this, correct me if, if I need to correction. Um, but uh, but there is something to say for you discern at what point you you show what level of vulnerability. We always yeah. show vulnerability to kids, but there there's a certain kids need a strong authority, I think, when they're young, most kids do, just so that they have so that they believe in you, so that they and I'm not saying you get angry. Never, ever. You know, yeah. that's what I'm saying here. But but there's a certain if if you find yourself making a mistake you know, you always apologize for certain things, but there are certain things too that 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 you know you don't you don't need to tell your kid. I'm sorry every single time you mess up. I would imagine right. only because that'll become overwhelming. They probably won't know through with it anyway. But um, but anyway, I'm just saying that this, yeah. as with everything, there's a nuance. We need to pray for wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. And and we don't have time to go into all the nuances, but but I think it's fine to say like I'm sorry I yelled when you did this. Yeah. Yeah. This is why it was inappropriate for you to act that way and to like still yeah, double down on the truths, yeah. but but to express that like the way I treated you was not yeah, okay. Absolutely. I like um, that. Yep. And what? yeah. So uh well, thanks. That was that was nice. My brain's kind of mushy, but um it's, it's nice to see what your time is face. dinner. Are we late? Five. No, oh, okay. it's in like five minutes. Okay. <laughs> Seven minutes to be more precise, and then but we need to record an intro Amen. and clean up and all of the things. Just cool. throwing down the fourth wall. Nice. Um, I can't think of anything else that I want to say without opening up a whole slew of things. But basically, I'm on this kick right now of just be gentle because. I think Jesus is gentle. Amen. Um, because that's the thing, you know, like even in the moments when, like we talked about this in the, again, with that episode about being the light is that Jesus spoke to St. Fotina, the woman at the well about everything she did. And yet, which, you know, including her sinful past. And yet she received that as like, she had so much joy, which means somehow as he's speaking the truth to her and not watering it down, no pun intended, water, um, she's she's knowing herself loved, seen and loved. Um, and like the rich young man who um, I hope and think was St. Mark, uh, when Jesus, Jesus spoke the truth to him of like, you need to get rid of your riches. But but the rich man, it says that in St. Mark's account that Jesus looking at him loved him. Like the man knew from the very look that he was loved. And so I really do think that there's evidence to this, like us needing to be gentle and loving even in our conviction without watering down the truth. So, Amen. Uh, great. We need to finish. Um 
You can check us out on all of the social media things. You can support us on Patreon if you'd like, our nonprofit, Fotina. And uh, we're on YouTube, audio only, and Goodreads. And our website is whatgodisnot.com. And if you, we do want to give five thank yous to uh, some of our patrons who do support us on Patreon. So we wanted to say thank you to Kevin B. It's hard to talk when you're all stuffy. From Tennessee, Paul H., no address. Abby T. from Pennsylvania. Patrick B. from Georgia. And David S. from Arizona. So thank you all for your support. And we are slowly closing the gap. And we only have... 56 more shout outs to give before we're caught up. And then we can start shouting people out as they sign up for Patreon. So, yeah. Anything else, Father Michael? No, that okay. was great. Thank um, you. Prayer intentions. I will ask for prayers for um, my sister, Heather. That's all, Father Michael. I will then ask for prayers for my sister, Teresa. Ah, that's sweet. Okay. And um, great. I think that's it. Can you please give us a blessing? May I bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord give you wisdom as you lead others. May he give you peace and hope. May he settle your heart. May he give you confidence. May he allow you to receive the gifts that he has given you and to utilize them well, to pass them on to others for their great benefit and for <laughs> yours. May you truly see your body, mind, your soul, all as a gift from God and a gift to offer back to him, to uh, use for the building up of his kingdom and for your happiness, your own salvation. Um, may our Lord give you great confidence in the gifts he's given you as well. May he give you a spirit of gratitude for the gifts he's given you. May he allow you to use them wisely. May you ask for forgiveness with sincerity um, to him and to anybody you may have hurt in a way that will be helpful for them and you both. May you be patient with yourself as well as God has given you the gift of time to settle your heart and to form you and to forgive you and to build you up and to offer you and give you the virtues that he will give you. May you be assured that our Lord is also taking care of those whom you love. Um, he is their primary caregiver. And in any way that you have harmed others in any way, our Lord is the only one who can heal and can fix and can make things right, even the things that we mess up. May our Lord give you confidence in that and peace in his will. May our Lord bless you, even give you the salvation of your soul. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.